0: If you're a haunter looking for clients, pitching is critical to landing the job. That's coming up on today's show. Welcome to the show, I'm Philip. On The HAN Show, we bring the haunted attraction industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences worldwide. Here at the network, we also have partner stations. And today's episode is from one of those partners, a Scott in the dark hosted by the iconic Scott Swenson. Today, Scott discusses how to craft a pitch for new and existing clients.
1: friends and welcome back to a scott in the dark i know so soon it's i go so long and then i just get these ideas one after the other so i'm back i think part of it is that i get on Potomatic and i look at it and i go hey i am now number three in the uh, entertainment or, or performing arts that's it the performing arts category and um so once i see that i think my ego kicks in and it's like oh i should do more of these so here i'm back for another a Scott in the Dark episode in a relatively short time. It's been about a week, so that's that's pretty darn cool. Um, so anyway, I, I am back, and I have a new topic. And this is a topic that, uh, again, this is being recorded at uh, the beginning of February a- in 2023. And so those of you who are catching up and listening later, that's cool. I just wanted to give you a frame of reference. But um, this particular topic is one that has come to me I think partially because uh at this point in time i am i'm in abu dhabi working on a large project so i'm living here for an extended amount of time and as i walk around you know everybody asks are you doing something haunt related in abu dhabi and the answer is no not at all uh this is this is more theme park related but uh this is clearly a brand new market and um there is some halloween stuff here but i think everybody is eager to do more especially the american expats who are in uh, in control of a lot of the the operational side at least from what i've experienced for the the parks and such and uh, so i've had just you know off the cuff conversations with a couple of different people saying hey we'd love to do halloween is that something that you do and and my response is um yeah that's something i do um plus it's also early in the year, so there are those folks who are trying to get all of their Halloween stuff lined up. Uh, you know, the last in our last show, I talked about what I was missing about the Trans World Show. And um, one of the things that I've talked about in that show is seeing all the cool stuff on the trade show floor and getting those orders in. Um, I've heard from many friends that uh, the orders went in and by the end of the show many things were already sold out and it's february so that's kind of a bummer but there are people who are still trying to finalize their their concepts i guess it's not a bummer for vendors by the way it's quite wonderful for vendors they're getting you know a lot of money up front and so they can get their whole year sort of sussed out and figure out oh got to make uh, 40 of these and 30 of these and 120 of these and we got the money for it so that's that's pretty cool uh but it is the time when um, pitches are being made new ideas are being thrown out there and trying to get finalized and so i thought i would do because a i'm in a market that that halloween is expanding and b we're at a time of year where we're doing these kinds of pitches and i've done multiple pitches um, pitches that was with a p p is in paul um just in case you were listening and you went did scott just say a dirty word no i did not i said pitches pitches. So, uh, so I thought I'd do a, a, a Scott in the dark episode about uh, pitching new ideas and pitching to new clients. So um, I think the most important thing to remember is part of the reason it's called pitching is because you want to make sure it gets caught. Uh, and there may be a whole bunch of stuff that gets in the way, whether it's the wind or a batter or what well, I'm sorry, me using a baseball reference, really? but it's happening. I know I'm shocked too, but uh, you want to pitch it so that it can be caught. So in other words, you have to identify all of the, the things that can break down in communication between you and the person or people who are going to make that final decision. Those people who are going to say, yes, this is what we're going to do, or no, go back to the drawing board and try something else. So hopefully in this, in this episode, we'll be able to, um, identify some ways to get around uh, any sort of miscommunication some ways to prepare so that uh, your your communication your pitching of information is appropriately caught without getting smacked into a foul ball situation somewhere Uh, i'm sorry i'll stop with the sports references Um, so anyway so we're going to see if we can figure out the best way or at least based on my experience some ways that you can at least consider to, to incorporate into your own personal style, to pitch new ideas, new concepts, uh, to pitch yourself to new clients. Now I'm in a unique position because as an independent contractor, I'm looking for, um, I'm not always looking for new clients. I love to go back and work for my existing clients, which I do quite regularly. Uh, But every now and then I have to pitch to, to a new client and I think the most important thing with any sort of pitch, whether you are pitching a concept to somebody who's never done a haunt before or you're pitching a new idea to your own team or you're um, pitching uh, you're pitching a, a radical expansion that's going to require a great deal of money and you have to get everybody on board in the finance department uh, in order to make it all happen. I think the most important thing is know your audience. Know what they want or the information they need to hear. That is by far the most important piece of information I can give you, or the most important advice I can give you. Know your audience. Don't do a pitch that sounds cool to you and your friends just because it sounds cool to you and your friends. Put yourself in the, in the other person's shoes. Make sure that the catcher is ready to receive the information that you are pitching. I know I said I was gonna stop with sports references. They just don't suit me. I'm sorry. Uh, like yeah, <laughs> it made sense. It made sense at the time when I wrote my notes. So anyway, uh, so know your audience. What are they gonna? What are they gonna respond to? What are they going to respond to positively? What are they going to respond to negatively? Uh, I've even gone so far before pitches or before sharing new ideas with new clients is to see if I can find out are there any buzzwords that are going to throw them off the deep end in the wrong direction that are immediately going to sh- make them shut down because they will only fixate on one thing. So, <clears throat> one of my clients in the past, for example, I found out they did not want blood, guts, or gore. So, I had to pitch something that did not include blood, guts, or gore um, because I knew that I was told that the moment you mentioned, blood they're going to fixate on that and they're going to think that you don't have anything else to offer so again know your audience what do they want to hear what are the what are the buzzwords that are going to set them off in the wrong direction and what is something that they think is really cool you know if you can get that information you can craft your pitch to make it significantly more impactful um one of the ways that you can look at your audience is Ask the question, how well do they understand the haunted attraction industry? Because for me, at least, I'm pitching not just to the same people over and over again. Uh, I realize that for some of you, that is the case. If you have new ideas and you want to pitch them to your bosses who you've worked for for 20 years, you probably already know your audience and they know haunts. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, the sort of the the two ends of the continuum as to how well people know haunts. Let's assume that that you are the kind of person that's pitching to somebody who knows haunted attractions very well. Um, I have several clients who have come to me. They've been doing haunts for many years, many, many years. And they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, Scott, you kind of know our product. What would you do? And um, so I, I think the, the way I've approached it is with any pitch, you need to start with your North Star. Um What is it that you're, why are you doing this pitch? Why are you doing this enhancement, improvement, new haunt, new concept, new storyline, whatever? What is it you want to accomplish? What is a measurable goal? Uh, and, And I think that that's a good thing to lead with because that way it kind of forms a litmus test for you as you're creating the rest of the pitch. But it also helps the person you're pitching to to know here's where we're headed. Now let me explain all the steps to get there. I am, and this will come as no surprise, I am a huge proponent of pitching the story first. Pitch a good, strong story. Tell a great story. If you are a good storyteller, do the pitch. If you're not a good storyteller, find someone who is. Verbal storytelling is one of the strongest pitch tools you can find. Um, Having been on both sides of pitches from, uh, you know, back in my theme park days, uh, I was able to you know, sit in on, well, not able to, I was required to, it was my job, to sit in on multiple pitches for new shows, new concepts, new haunts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the best pitches we ever got, they did two things that were super smart. One, they told a full and complete story. Um, and as they were telling it, of course, they integrated, you know, and we could use this that you already have, or we could use this that is off the shelf, um, but don't lead, don't lead with money unless you've been given a budget up front. If they say you have X amount of dollars, then what I would suggest is before you start telling your story, say, here is a story that can be told for the budget that you have allotted to this project. So that puts their mind at ease. That way they're not thinking through the whole story. I told them it's only this much. This story sounds too expensive. We'll never do it. So um, and then of course you have to deliver on that, but that's we'll get into that in a second um make sure you pitch the story make sure that you uh you share the dollars and and this is you know this is for a live pitch this is if you're going to either do it via zoom or teams or whatever uh in person that right that still exists doesn't it people do still talk to people in person huh who'd have thought anyway um so for a live pitch make sure that you find a great story find a great way to tell it um if they know haunts already or have been doing haunts already if you can find out some of their current assets that are still in good shape that they would like to reutilize that's a huge help not only for you but for them it gives you a jumping off point and it gives them a point of reference to say you know what we bought this xyz prop 5 years ago um it doesn't f- it 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 fits in our old theme but may not fit in the new theme but we still got it we'd still kind of like to use it if you as a creative person can come up with a new way to use it then go ahead and make that part of your pitch say you know i know you've got this exploding tractor animation i don't know whether anybody makes an exploding tractor animation but but you've got this exploding tractor eman- animation emanation that still works and uh should should you continue to use it, here's a way you can. Here's a way you can incorporate that into your new um your new your new concept. Also, if at all possible, get some sort of uh, ground plan of at least the building. So you know you're telling a story that can be told in um, the number of or the, the it can be told in the number of rooms that will fit in the space. It's another thing that's kind of important as far as knowing their current assets. And if they know the haunt industry, you can use shortcuts to pitch ways that your new idea is going to be easily instituted or implemented and easily operated because people who know haunts already know how difficult it is to operate them. And if you pitch something that doubles their cast size or requires you know 15 additional staff members or... Uh, requires them to get certain permits for things that they've never done before, they're going to shut you down. So make it, find ways to create a story, to create a concept that will make it easier for existing haunters to to operate their their haunts. So now let's go to the other side of the spectrum. What if you are doing a live pitch for somebody who knows zero to nothing or little to nothing about the haunted attraction industry? So you have to take this into consideration because Sorry. For those of you who are just listening, I had to take a drink of water. Um, side note, Abu Dhabi is incredibly uh, warm uh, year round. It's not too bad today, but incredibly warm year round, but you do dehydrate. So I have to constantly drink water. So I'm going to have another sip and then I will explain. All right. Enough of the side note. <laughs> so if they don't know it all, you have to educate them. You have to take them along not as if they've been through a hundred haunted houses you have to take them along as though they are um you're sharing your experience with them you know I've got a lot of years of experience and in fact I think that's part of the reason that I get hired for for a lot of gigs is because people know well he's done this before so even though I don't know whether I'm 100 certain he's doing it right he's had experience doing x y and z um so so you kind of have to give them a little bit of backstory you have to educate them as to what what's going on and one of the things that will help you with that is to figure out why they want to do it if you can figure out why the the new client wants to do a haunt then it will help you educate them in the right way you know do they want to do it because they think it's a quick buck <laughs> yeah. Um do they uh, do they but do they want to is it are they profit motivated is that where they want to go and 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 design accordingly so that you have a really low operating budget perhaps a low capital expense budget or you may have somebody who says I want to spend lots in capital and very little in operations or I want to spend very little in operations or a, a lot in operations and very little in capital. Um if you can get that kind of information ahead of time you can design the pitch and their education to their needs to their desires what they want um i i think you are usually best served to get their buy-off on concept but don't go into huge uh, don't go into huge detail about concept but when you're pitching concept give them the overarching story and one or two things that are like stand out you know those things that guests talk about as they leave a haunt So here's, we've got this room, which is where this happens. Here's the overarching story. We've got this room where this happens. And then here, this really amazing effect happens, which is basically taking two existing effects, putting them together and creating something that nobody in your market has ever seen before. You know, that's those are the kinds of words people want to hear, especially if they don't know a whole lot about haunting. So, um, and I'm not saying make it up. I'm not saying BS them. What I'm saying is make sure that there are things that excite them that's probably the most important thing that you're trying to do is to excite them and this goes back to why are they doing the haunt you know do they just want to do something cool i've had clients who just have a bunch of money they just want to do something cool they love halloween so they decide let's do a haunted attraction um i have one client that i've worked for for many years who who doesn't isn't really focused on the profit is more focused on the attention that it brings to their venue um which is great because their venue is used year round for other things. Um, You know, is it, are they trying to do something cool? Do they want to make big bucks or where do they fall in that continuum? Are they, you know, half and half, they want something cool that eventually needs to make money or is it all about the money? So figure out where that is. And that will help you not only design your concepts, but also pitch your story. And again, this is all if you're doing this pitch in person. There are a few, in my opinion, there are a few subtle differences um, between pitching live and pitching um, pitching in like a written written format. When you're pitching live, make sure that you think visual. Do not put together a bunch of PowerPoints, PowerPoint slides or keynote slides that you're just going to read to them. If you're just going to read to them, why not just have them read it? Why do it as a live piece? That doesn't mean you can't have words on there. You absolutely can. And in fact, what I will often do is I will put words on the, uh, the, the presentation slides more for me than for them. But if they want to follow along or get the basic idea, they can. But uh, I want to talk to them. Uh, I don't want them to read stuff that I'm saying if that makes any sense at all. Um, <clears throat> so think visual. Uh, use use pictures to help tell the story. Uh, use charts for numbers, for dollars, for anticipated throughput, for, you know, use charts. Use pictures. Use pictures. Charts, graphs, you know, pie charts, um, those kinds of things. Use pictures. I, I, because again, when you're doing a live pitch, you're not having. You don't want them to take the time to really dive into the information because I don't think that's fair. I think what you really want them to do is is get excited about the product so that you can move on to your your next uh, the next level of of the development. Um, so, uh, and what, and once you and once you you get them involved visually. Uh, just make sure, because I'm not trying to say you want to you want to bamboozle them just because it's a live pitch. It's like, I'm going to throw so much information. I'm just going to give you all these fun graphics and pictures, et cetera. But also have a printed version for them. Have a PDF version so that they can take it home and dig a little deeper if they want to. Uh, I, I think, but don't give that PDF version to them beforehand. All right. Don't let them read ahead. Because then you can't engage them in the moment. Remember. You want to pitch the information so that it is caught and they get excited about it. So um, make sure that you have that information, but don't let them read ahead. Um, If you're going to do a written pitch versus a a live pitch, I think it's even more important to explain why you're doing this. uh, You want to do this attraction. I want to create a... um, a walk through immersive experience. So simple explanation of what it is. A walk through immersive experience that terrifies adults between the ages of 14 and 25, and utilizes uh a cast of 15, really small, uh, uses a cast of 15 and um Engages guests. It uh, engages guests in a post-experience social media game that uh, we can continue to use as not only a marketing tool but perhaps generate additional revenue. So there's a basic north star. That's what you're trying to accomplish. That everything else you talk about in this written pitch, and you can do this to a certain extent in a in a live pitch as well. But I think it's even more important in a written pitch because they have a chance to go back and and literally read. Is this accomplishing the goal that he said he or she set out, he or she or they set out? Um, so uh, make sure that you explain why. What is the north star? Where are we headed? Use that as a litmus test, and make sure that the pitch does what you say it's going to do. Again, tell a great story. But before you go into before you go into a huge uh drawn out guest narrative or even a full venue flow before you get the gig my suggestion is if you can pitch three or four one sheet concepts i have one client that this is what they hire me to do first my first contract is to just write one sheets for them uh that don't have any you know any breakdown as far as here's what room one looks like here's what room two looks like here's what room three looks like and then the second phase of my contract is they will develop one of those and and or they will pick one of those and i will develop it into a full venue flow um, so it, it, because i what i don't want to have happen because halloween is so subjective i want my clients to see that I can do ghosts or I can do blood guts and gore, or I can do um vampires, or I can do elegant or I can do visceral or you know uh, because again, everybody has their own their own vibe uh, as to what is scary. not not everyone is scared by the same thing. So if you can do a series of one sheets prior and let the client pick which one they want explored in greater detail, that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, so if it, I strongly recommend that. Now, there are people who will say, well, you're just giving away way too much information. I got more, I got more ideas. I've got more stupid, crazy concepts than I could ever pitch to a thousand clients in a thousand years. So um, I I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that you're you're selling the farm. What you're really doing is you are getting them to pay you. Granted, I get paid for all these different Concept developments, these top line concept developments. I get paid to do that. And then I get paid more to actually do the venue flows. So if you can do that, I strongly recommend it. If you're doing just a cold pitch that you're not getting paid for up front, then come up with three one paragraph concepts and say, here's how all of these apply. You can, if you choose, you know, if you know that the client has come to you and said, I want vampires. Great. Do a big ass vampire pitch. Sorry, do a great big vampire pitch. There could be kids listening. I don't know. Uh, do a great big vampire pitch. But if you're not sure, especially if it's a new client, give them a little bit of wiggle room and find out how you can test the waters with, with the ideas that you have. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, call out, um, call out some off-the-shelf stuff, some haunt props, that can be immediately incorporated. I love to do this, Uh, I I mentioned it earlier, but I love to do this especially in written pitches because then when you do a flavor board, which I always do with my written pitches, and for those of you who don't know, a flavor board is a series of um, images that create the same feeling or vibe that you're trying to convey in the words. I have just recently started using um some of the AI generators to create images for flavor boards and those are really really messed up and 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 fun to play with. They're not they're not all I use uh because I also like to include like if I know that a specific vendor has a specific mannequin that I think is really good, really strong, very realistic um I may go straight to their website and I'll grab i'll nab the photo of it put it into the flavor board and actually put a little note under saying this is from suchandsuch.com so that they can go and see that they have you know what kind of quality merchandise they have and if they're lucky enough to go to a trade show um, they may actually get a chance to see it there so they know that it's called out Um, this does two things number one it shows that your ideas are executionable and number two or or executable not (laughs) executionable Could be if you're killing people uh, but are executable uh but they're also um it also shows that you understand the industry and you uh, you've done a little bit of extra homework or you have experience with various vendors and you know how to get stuff you know what to get um you know what you like so it it kind of helps you in both both directions once you've got the the first full concept, ready to go. Flesh it out. Flesh it out. I actually think that written pitches have to have two parts. I think the first part is kind of, here's what I think, but you're more fishing for ideas. And then say, all right, now let's get together in a perfect world. Now let's get together and I will flesh out this one idea that you really like and I will do a live in-person pitch for you. So now you know Okay they they don't like this they don't like this they do like this and I'm going to spend the majority of my time making the best proposal I can for something that looks just like that. So um that's in a perfect world you don't always get the chance to do that. But uh, but if you can flesh it out make it really cool and uh then when you're ready to close when you when they say okay we like this idea we think that your numbers are close um you know, here's here's the budget that we have, which in most cases uh, most clients won't tell you because they won't necessarily know. So be willing to say, here's the here's the ballpark that I think we can do this in. And if you want it, keep take keep into keep keep thinking about um time. You know, if they're if you're doing this pitch in September and they want to open in October, your prices are going to be five times. Higher because you're going to have to borrow and buy from people who've already bought stuff because nothing's going to be available, Um, even down to lumber and that sort of thing. Um, Also, think timeline for anything that's coming in from outside the the country. If you listen to Green Tag Theme Park in 30, you've heard Philip and I talk about this over and over and over again. But take into consideration time equals money. Take into consideration the rest of your commitments. How much time can you give to this specific product? Um, And that will help you set those milestones. And uh, then also uh, set up a payment schedule. Set up a payment schedule. I get paid X amount at this time. You know, maybe it's, and I'm making this up because I have a different payment schedule for almost every client I work with. But maybe it's upon signing of the contract, I get 25%. And then at the uh, approval of the full venue flow, I get... Uh, I get 50%. And then upon opening of the attraction, or sometimes I've even done closing of the attraction, depending on what their cash flow is like, then I get my final 25%. Uh, Again, that's up to you, but work that out. Make that payment schedule part of the contract. That is a negotiable. And if they say, no, we're not gonna pay you until the end, then you may have to charge them more because you have to float all the money up front for everything that you do um that includes and again you're thinking well scott you're a creative how much money are you floating up front but i still have to pay rent or i still have to pay mortgage i still have to pay my mortgage on a regular basis i can't go to my mortgage company and say well i've got a big gig that i'm going to finish in 2 months so why don't you just hold those mortgage payments and i'll pay you when i get paid y- you can't do that um so so work in that that payment schedule and and maybe you can say you know if if i'm paid at the end it is this price. There is a 15% discount if I get 25% or 50% upfront. Certainly things that you can look at. But I think it's important to negotiate these things because you don't you don't want to uh, over-promise and underdeliver. deliver number one. And number two, you're trying to build a relationship with these clients, especially if it's a new client. So if you can build a relationship that's based on transparency, clarity, and you show that I've thought through this, then hopefully you're developing a good long working relationship with this new client or uh, or reinforcing a relationship that you already have with an existing client and then after all of that's done then you have to get to work and write the darn thing or create the darn thing or direct the darn thing or direct and cast the darn thing so you really that's when the work really starts and i've done a bunch of shows about all of those topics and i will continue to do more so that is my uh, my a little bit disjointed and somewhat rambly uh, show about uh, pitching new ideas to new or existing clients. I hope that you're able to take at least one or two ideas from this and and integrate them into your next pitch so that you can be successful, whether you are an outside vendor or even a, a specific vendor who does lighting or uh, just an internal, haunt actor who really has a cool idea that you think is perfect for your haunt for the upcoming season. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening again, for sticking with me, even though I I don't record these very often. Um, I'm glad to be back so quickly to the last one. And until next time, this is Scott Swenson saying, rest in peace.
0: Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's Bike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com/demo. That's gantam.com/demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.